For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome to the European Hoops podcast. We are a Sportsitas presentation. We bring you all the coverage you need of the EuroLeague. Three times a week, every Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, we recap and preview all the action and cover all the news surrounding the competition. Join us on this ride and learn more about some of the best basketball played in the world. Make sure you don't miss any episodes by subscribing to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Itus EuroLeague. My name is Andre and this is my co-host Diogo Valent. How are you doing? Ready to talk about the EuroLeague, Diogo? Hey, Andre, I'm good. Let's go. Let's talk about it. On this episode, we will be recapping all the nine games from round 29, besides the rescheduled game from round 24 between Efes and Real Madrid. We will be focusing on the game's breakdown and we will be talking about the remaining schedule on our preview of round 30 that will be coming out Monday, because next week we will have another rescheduled game between Fenerbahce and Milano. We will be Starting with the FS Real Madrid, FS got the win 90-89. The MVP of the game was Elijah Bryant with 17 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists. Shane Larkin performed at a high level with 18 points, 1 rebound, 8 assists and 2 steals. While Walter Tavares was the best for Real with 13 points, 4 rebounds, 2 steals and 1 block. Real came into this game with a big backcourt of Musa and Hanga. Musa was a big part of Real dominance in the, the first quarter. He was on the floor for 7 minutes and 39 seconds being involved in 12 of the 20 points of the team in that period scoring eight and assisting four points it was slightly odd to watch him cooling off in the bench for almost 12 minutes with real struggling to find offensive solutions and fs coming back into the game it was with eight three pointers and a 35 points third quarter from fs that they took over this game and uh, headed into the fourth quarter leading by 17 despite real dominant fourth quarter where they won 29-13 and a 5-0 run to in the last 11 seconds of the game the home team was able to secure and lock this important one point win Uh, spoiler alert, F has lost their game of round 29 against Partizan, but uh, this was an extra- extremely important win for them wasn't it, Diogo? Yeah, for sure uh, this is probably the best game of the week um, I think it was uh, highly competitive even though uh, F has had a, that 17 point lead like you mentioned Uh, I, it just never felt like Real was out of the game, especially the way they started at four core. Um, to me, the the key in this matchup was Ataman making the adjustment to start Tibor Plyce, because going against Walter Tavares, um, they could use a big that, that could space the floor and they can shoot and, and take Tavares out of the paint. And Plyce had a pretty good game as well. So I think that was pretty clever by them. And that gave them the opportunity for Larkin and Misic to, to play one-on-one, to drive and then to kick it out. And guys like Clyburn and Elijah Bryant showed up shooting the three and played very, uh, very good games. This was a very important win for Efesh, uh, even though they lost the, the other one. We'll talk about that uh, in a second. But um, it was a very good win for them. Uh, Dunstan also came off the bench and brought some energy. He played nice. So it's just very important for them to, to get some momentum going. Uh, about Real Madrid, I mean, like you said, Musa started off 
super hot, and then he, he stayed on the bench for a little too long. And maybe that's why Efes was able to, to build that lead uh, right in the second quarter. Um, they got to do a better job. Uh, we've been saying this for a couple, uh, for a while now. But yeah, uh, Musa and Tavares are clearly their, their two best players. They've been carrying this team, but they need more, not only from them, but also from other guys. Yabuzeli and Azonia could have played a little bit better. I think they need, uh, I think Real Madrid needs them to step up, but it was a very good game. Good win for Efes. Not wanting to, to give another spoiler, Real was able to do it in the, their next game with some positive results, but we will get to that. Let's let's continue with Efes here and let's recap their next game and then check their standings right now. They received Partizan and uh, with a great Partizan performance, Efes lost 84-97. The MVP of the game was Matias Lasort. With 17 points, 7 rebounds, 1 assist and 2 steals. Ladai had a very good performance for the visiting team with 16 points, 3 rebounds, 1 assist and 1 steal. While Clyburn was the best for the home team with 22 points, 8 rebounds and 2 assists. This was a huge team win for Partizan. They took a big step in direction to the playoffs. We had predicted them to lock a top 8 seed. Uh, despite having a, a hard schedule the rest of the way. And uh, this win really places them in a great position to do so. It was with a 16-0 run to get the game to 72-87 that uh, Partizan took off. Partizan scored impressive 86 points in the last three quarters of the game. It was both a great Partizan offensive performance and uh, a really poor defensive performance by Efes that weren't able to, to contain them or find any solutions in the last three quarters of the game. Partizan are now tied in sixth place with Maccabi with 16 wins and 13 losses, one win ahead of Basconi and Zalgiris. What do you have to say about this amazing performance by Partizan? This was incredible by them. Um, like you mentioned, the 86 points in three quarters uh, in the EuroLeague level is, is not usual to see. I mean, It's hard to see 86 points in one game uh, by one team. But um, FH started very good. Uh, I think Singleton and Dunstan were keeping that defense consistent and they were able to have a good start. The offense was also flowing nicely. But then once the rotation started, um, Partizan went on a big run with Lasorte and Exum off the bench and Davramovic uh, brought some energy as well. And then those final three quarters, man, that, that's just insane, like, For a team that, that just won back-to-back -back championships and I would assume they want to, to make the playoffs and, and try to win again, to give up 86 points in three quarters, I mean, it's not acceptable. So, But obviously, Partizan earned this. They, they played very good. Uh, Bunder uh, was scoring at will uh, in that fourth quarter. So they, they just had... Uh, they were more disciplined in the in the fourth quarter and they they got that big run so this was a very important win for them well deserved Partizan really is showing that they are an EuroLeague team and they are playing offense at a, at a very high level. And you were mentioning that uh, 86 points, it's um, it's a lot of points for, for a whole game, uh, left alone for three quarters. 
I was checking in Basconi with uh, they still have the best offense in the competition. They score exactly 86 points per game as uh, their point average is the highest average uh, of points scored per game in the competition. So this wasn't anything short of impressive. Partizan uh, with two wins ahead of Efes after this win. They are really in a, in a comfortable position as we had previously previewed Partizan has a hard schedule, but Basconi and Zalgiris also do. Partizan will be playing with Olympiacos on the next round at home. Then they will be receiving Barcelona, will be receiving Real Madrid, will be visiting Monaco, and in the end they receive Paratinaikos at home. It's a, it's a very hard schedule that they have ahead, but this was a, a massive step in the direction of the of the playoffs for them. In the other hand, Efes, I don't think we can see them anymore as contending for, for the fifth spot. They really took a step back. They are three wins below the fifth spot, where Fenerbahce has 17 wins and um, one game less, so they can find themselves with five rounds to go four wins below the, the fifth place like not something that we would expect in the beginning of the season for sure but uh, that's the case and the, the best expectations for for FS now it has to be to to fight for this eight seeds and try to still find a way into into the playoffs they will be fighting with teams like Valencia, Zalgiris and Basconia that are the, the probable candidates for the for this eight seed and let's speak exactly about one of those candidates in Zalgiris that received and uh, lost to the great Olympiakos 72-74 the MVP of the game was Sasha Zenkov with 25 points 8 rebounds 2 assists 2 steals Makinski had 18 points 2 rebounds 2 assists and 2 steals while Roland Schmitz was the best for the home team with 18 points and 6 rebounds Olympiakos took off in the third quarter behind a 13 point quarter from the game MVP Sasha Zenkov giving them a 12 point lead heading into the fourth. It was with a great defensive fourth quarter from Zalgiris that they managed to tie the game at 69 with three minutes to go. After the 28 run with a three-point choice from Roland Smith, Zalgiris took the lead 72-70 with one minute to go. Makinski tied the game with two free throws at 72. Then it was a great defensive play by Laren Zaikis on Ulanovas that got a precious defensive stop. Vzaikov with a fadeaway gave Olympiakos the 72-74 lead with six seconds to play and this was enough to secure the win for the visiting team that were the, the first team locking a, a playoff seat in this edition of the EuroLeague. It was a great fight by Zalgiris, powered once again by the amazing home, cor- home crowd, but uh, this time around they fell short, didn't it, Diogo? Yeah, but they they fought, they put up a, a very good fight against Olympiakos. Uh, this was a very good game, but listen, man, the, I was watching that game and the way Olympiacos moves the ball is is ridiculous. Like, I think their bigs, uh, Fall had seven assists just off of getting the ball inside and then guys cutting and keep keep moving. So that was the key to me. Uh, and the way they play defense as well, of course. They forced 20 turnovers for Zalgiris. But um, their, their ball movement, they are committed to playing as a team, to playing high-level basketball. Nobody's forcing shots. So it's just amazing to see that team play. Um, on the Zalgiris side, we always knew that Zalgiris is a tough team to beat, especially at home, and they fought the best they could. They made a, a good run to, to get the lead, and it was close until the end. But then Sasha came through with that ridiculous fadeaway to win the game. So this was a very important win for Olympiacos because um, Real Madrid and 
Real Madrid and Barcelona are, are in there for their first seed. So they are able to keep it now, for now. And Zalgiris, like you said, they're going to still be in the fight for that playoff, that eight spot. Uh, but this was a very good game. Uh, I thought Zalgiris at least gave themselves a, a chance to win. And uh, considering who the opponent was, I think that's pretty good for them. But yeah, Olympiacos is just on another level right now. Absolutely. Olympiacos is playing amazing basketball and both them and Barcelona, the way that those teams share the ball and find easy shots, really make the, the life much easier for them. Uh, Zalgiris will be will be visiting Fenerbahce on the next rounds. Then they will be receiving Monaco, Valencia, Maccabi and they end in... Uh, Munich, where they will play against Bayern. It's a somewhat easier schedule ahead than um, than the Partizan one, I, I reckon. But um, that with one win less, it won't be it won't be easy for them to to make up for that difference. But uh, I think their biggest threat comes from behind, not from the front of them. I believe the Zalgiris might be able to catch up Basconia, or that they are tied with Basconia to to pass Basconia. But uh, I still. Look at Efes as the the biggest contender to the to this eight seed, but the Zalgiris will certainly be on the hunt. And with three of, out of their last five games being at home, that can give them hope to to achieve the the eight seed and to be part of the the playoffs of the the Euroleague. But speaking about Olympiakos and speaking about a great performance from Sasha Zankov, especially in the third quarters where he powered the team into into this win. There are talks that this weekend a committee from uh, the Sacramento Kings are coming to to watch the Olympiakos game against Paratinaikos for their domestic league and uh, that uh, Zankov is potentially leaving the Euroleague. First of all, we are certainly sad about it because the I think he took a, a very big step forward this season and I think that um, he is the clear MVP and at this moment after Mike James' suspension I don't even think that there is a competition for his MVP prize. How do you see that his game translating into the NBA and uh, him taking that uh, that next step? Well, I think I think he, he could fit in the NBA um, because of his ability to space the floor as a, a four. Um, and his ability to cut and make reads. So I think he could be a, a good piece on an NBA team. Um, obviously, it's a different level in terms of like athleticism and and speed, uh, the speed of the game. But I think he is good enough to, to adjust and to, to make that transition. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I think he, he would be very capable of doing it. He's such a high IQ player and he's a very good team defender yeah, that uh, exactly. he will be able to adjust into any schemes. For me, the, the only thing here about the Kings is his pairing with Sabonis. Not offensively. Offensively, it will be absolutely amazing to, to watch. As you said, he's a great cutter and uh, he will be able to feed off Sabonis and uh, get tons of easy baskets and both of them being high IQ players and very good and physical players they will be able to to impose themselves into the into the game offensively i just think that defensively for extended periods of times might be might be hard for them to coexist in the nba with the extra spacing and the more athleticism of the of the game it might give a hard time for the kings to have them for a long period of time i would like to see him playing alongside another european player like porzingis for example a bit more mobile and mainly is a better rim protector or another player like that because I really think that uh, Zankov at the level he's playing, he can thrive at any competition and anywhere. 
Yeah, I agree with you. But uh, let's fly back and come back into the Euroleague and preview the, and recap the, the next game where Monaco received and beat the Virtus 81-68. The MVP of the game was Elio Kobo with 21 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals and 1 block. Your favorite Jordan Lloyd with had 13 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists and 1 steal and keeps playing at an extremely high level and making very high level reads and plays game after game on both sides of the floor. For the visiting team, Jordan Mickey was the best one with 14 points, 4 rebounds, 1 assist and 2 steals. It was a dominant win for Monarch. They are 4th win in a row. Their athletic ability was in full display on this game. They were able to dominate on the boards, uh, securing 39 rebounds in this game. That included 16 offensive rebounds for Monarch, one of the, the keys for them to, to get this expressive win. A note to Monarch's defense showing up on this game and allowing only 46 points in the last three quarters of the game. Monaco is building up a great momentum that might be worth home court advantage in the, the first round of the playoffs, and I think that will be a massive achievement for them. They are currently tied in third place with Barcelona with 19 wins and 10 losses and two wins ahead of Fenerbahce that has one game less that will be played this week. Duke, no Mike James, no problem? Yeah, no problem because uh, like we've been talking about, uh, Jordan Lloyd uh, he can work as a number one option and I think Elio Kobo can also work as a number one option. So without Mike, I think either one of these guys can be that number one guy any given game. And on this game, it was Elio Kobo with 21, 5 and 5. But Jordan Lloyd also played pretty good. And then they had uh, contributions from the rest of the guys, like the, the bigs, uh, Dante Hall, Monte Unas, they both played nice. Alfa Diallo had a pretty complete game, even though he wasn't high on scoring. But Monaco, um, they had more help uh, and more contributions than uh, Virch. Virtus was able to, to keep it close for a while, but then uh, the the rebounding battle, uh, Monaco dominated it with 39 against 24. So this is a big win for Monaco uh, as they are able to, to try and secure home court advantage. And for Virtus, I mean, it's not looking great um, in the race for the playoffs. I'm sure they will keep fighting until the end. But uh, yeah, it's probably going to be harder for them. Yeah, Virtus now stands in uh, 12th place with 13 wins and 60 losses and uh, trailing two wins below the, the eight seed and having three teams uh, to leapfrog to get to the eight seeds and also having Milan with one game less, uh, just one win be uh, behind them. It makes it uh, very hard for, for them. But uh, now we will start seeing the, these teams that were still dreaming about the, the playoffs start to slowly f fall and um, and losing the, the train to, to make it there. But uh, let's quickly look into Monaco's schedule the rest of the way and look into Fenerbahce's schedule the rest of the way. I know that uh, Barcelona is also on, the, on this mix, but uh, between these two teams and this potential uh, first-round playoff series, who do we favor to, to get the home court advantage? Monaco will be receiving Valencia. I will favor them on this game. I, I think you agree with this. Yeah, yeah. Then they will have a hard road game on Zalgiris. I would say that one is like 50-50. Then yeah, they, will be, they, they will be visiting Bayern, that uh, I have Monaco's favorites. They will be receiving at home Partizan, uh, that will be very motivated to, to stay on the playoff hunt. So this is another hard game. 
and uh, they will be visiting efforts that uh, will need to win to to make it to the playoffs. So I will say that this probably for me it's a two three record or a three two record, depending of if they can keep up this moment or not. Would you agree? Yes. Okay, so uh, on Fenerbahce's side, they will be receiving Milano on the, the late game from round 24. I think that after the Milano loss that we were about to, to recap uh, and Fenerbahce needing to win, I would have them as favorites on this game, but it for sure will be a highly competitive one. Then uh, Fenerbahce receives Zalgiris. I also favor them on this one. Fenerbahce will visit Real Madrid, will visit Basconia, will play the Turkish Derby with Efes at home, and will visit Red Star on the road. Also not too easy of a schedule, so let's split this, or let's give it a 4-2 to Fenerbahce. So that will yeah. mean that uh, Ria- uh, Monaco will, win, will end with uh, 21 or 22 wins, and Fenerbahce will end with uh, 21 or 20 wins. So things are looking good for Monaco to to make it into the playoffs with home court advantage. Would you would you favor them in that situation against uh, Fenerbahce? That is the likely fifth. I don't think I would. Not that Monaco isn't a good team, uh, but I just think it's a bad matchup for them because Fenerbahce also has the guards, but they are bigger guards, and and then the 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 front court. Is just better and with a lot more options, and I think the way Fenerbahce plays defense uh, would be the the difference maker in this matchup. So I think Monaco's be- I think Monaco needs to fight for that third seed because if they can get the third seed and they face either Partizan or Maccabi with home court advantage, uh, I think Monaco should be the favorite and should win. But against Fenerbahce, I, I think will be much harder. I think it will be somewhat hard to get there because they they are one win below uh, Real Madrid, two wins below Olympiacos, and they are tied with Barcelona. But Barcelona has a somewhat favorable schedule. They will be visiting Paratinaikos on the next round uh, in a game that uh, should be favorable for them, despite Paratinaikos being a good momentum. They will be visiting Partizan. This this is a hard road game, but then they receive Alba at home, they visit Milano, and they end with uh, Valencia at home. So they, they have good chances to, to have a better record the rest of the way than uh, than Milano. While Real Madrid uh, having one win, being one win above Monaco, they visit Virtus. Then they receive Fenerbahce at home. They visit Partizan. They receive Bayern and... Uh, they visit Maccabi. Even if they go 2-3 the rest of the way, that's uh, that's about the same record uh, as uh, what we expect from Monaco. And even if Monaco managed to tie with them, Real has the, the head-to-head tie-break with Monaco. It's, so they will need to recover two wins to, to end in front of Real. It feels hard for them to, to pass the two Spanish teams. So fourth place seems to be the, the best-case scenario for, for Monaco. And the matchup between Monaco and Fenerbahce is looking very likely right now so it won't be an easy one for sure but let's talk about other teams that are on the playoff hunt and one of them is raising in the standings and making a, a real claim to to be sixth in the end of the regular season Maccabi received and beated Basconia 93-79 the MVP of the game was Wade Baldwin the fourth with 24 points seven rebounds eight assists one steal and one block Josh Nebo had 15 points and 14 rebounds with a double double while Kotsar had 12 points nine rebounds, two assists, and one steal. 
Basconi started the second half with a 15-0 run to take the 49-60 lead. From that point forward, we saw Maccabi punching back and dominating the last 16 minutes of the game, scoring 44 points and allowing only 19. One of the keys for them to lock this win was winning the rebound battle. They got 47 rebounds against 30 of uh, Basconia, including 16 offensive rebounds. Uh, they really thrive when they are able to, to rebound and run, especially when they are playing in front of their home crowd. With a favorable schedule the rest of the way and uh, currently being already in sixth place, would you say that they are the top contenders to end the regular season in sixth? Yeah, I do. Uh, I think uh, Maccabi is the best of the rest. Um, when we consider those five teams that are already locked in, per se, um, I think Maccabi has been playing very good. Um, this was their one, two, third straight win. And these are very good wins as well because it's Fenerbahce, Efes and Basconia. So credit to them. They are playing very well, especially at home. Uh, on this game, uh, it was all about the self-proclaimed best backward in, in EuroLeague. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lorenzo um, was not really... Uh, facilitating was more of a scoring with 17, but Wade Baldwin was doing everything. I mean, like you said, 24.7 rebounds and 8 assists. He took over this game. And for Basconia, we know they are a, a shooting team. So to go 5 for 32 from the three-point line, shooting 15%, I mean, that's just not going to do it against such a, a strong team like Maccabi, especially when they are much more athletic uh, than Basconia. So they can get those rebounds at a higher rate. Uh, and then, like you mentioned, the, the rebounding battle, 47 to 30. I mean, that's a, a big difference. So, yeah, the very good win for Maccabi against a direct opponent. They, they should probably be able to lock the, the sixth seed. So, yeah, very good win. Yeah, it was an extremely important win for Maccabi. And uh, the only question that there is left to, to discuss here is if they can dream to go even higher and then in fifth place. I would say that they have a better chance playing against Monaco than playing against Barcelona, Real Madrid on the, the first round of the playoffs. Um, yeah. And uh, they do have a very reasonable schedule ahead. They will be visiting Asvel. It's always a, a hard game on the road, especially Maccabi tends to perform uh, worse on the road, but uh, I would favor them to win this game. They have all the motivation here. Then at home, they will be receiving Virtus and Milano on the double header. They are hard games, but uh, with Maccabi playing at home, I think I would favor them on both. Do you, you agree with that? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Then they visit Algiris. The This game, I would favor Algiris. And they end with uh, Real Madrid at home. If they manage to go 4-1, and one, they end the season with the 20 wins and uh, 14 losses records. And that will be very close to where Fenerbahce will be. Fenerbahce will have 21 or 20 wins in the end. And uh, after Maccabi beating Fenerbahce recently, they got uh, the tiebreak advantage between the two teams. That for sure will be huge for, for Maccabi if they can can finish in the, the fifth place and, and play against potentially Monaco in the, the first round of the playoffs. Do you think that Kabi would have a chance to beat Monaco in the first round of the, the playoffs? I, I have a strong link to Monaco here, especially because they will have home court advantage. I, I will take the, yeah. the the team with home court advantage in this matchup. Yeah, I think Monaco would be the favorite, but I do think Maccabi had a, has a chance, though. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to favor them, obviously, especially not having home court advantage. But uh, I think they have a punching chance. 
but I would give it to Monaco, yes. Yeah, me too. Let's continue and let's uh, talk about the team that uh, fought to to stay alive and to to stay in the the playoff hunt. It was Valencia that received Fenerbahce and beat them 82-80 in a great basketball game. Boyan Dublovic was the MVP of the game with 18 points and 7 rebounds. Jared Harper had 15 points, two rebounds, two assists and one block, while Marco Guduric was the best for Fenerbahce with 23 points, two rebounds, five assists and two steals. This was a really impressive performance by Valencia that led to an amazing basketball game. Valencia physicality and dominance on the glass with 40 rebounds, uh, 16 offensive rebounds. We keep uh, game after game, we keep having performance of 16 offensive rebounds on this round. It was a thing. They were, were able to, to stay alive and to stay in the game. The teams kept, kept exchanging baskets and, and in the end, Wilbekin with a block on Christians with about a minute to go, got the ball back to Fenerbahce that tied the game from three at 77 with a three-pointer from Biberovic. Jones with a long two got the lead back with 33 seconds left. After a turnover from Goodrich, Valencia went one of two from the free throw line, giving them a three-point lead. Goodrich with a three with 11.4 seconds get, got the game tied at 80 but the game wasn't over yet and Webb the third with a layup with 0.4 seconds left got the, this win sealed for the home team this was high level basketball a win that keeps Valencia playoff hopes alive despite the hard path ahead that they have they stand in 10 tied with Efes with a 14 wins and 15 losses record on the other hand Fenerbahce just puts his home their home court advantage at risk as we just uh, spoke about. These are the games that we live for, aren't they, Diogo? Yeah, absolutely. This was a, a hell of a game. And uh, like you, you talked about the, the rebounding dominance by Valencia. And this game was close in every aspect of the game except rebounding. And that's where Valencia got the not only the advantage throughout the game, and that's where they got the win, really. Because Webb, with that putback, the, that won them the game. So this was a very important win for Valencia because if they lost this, they could be at risk of not having the chance to, to make the playoffs. And now they are they are right there in that fight. And for Fenerbahce, they are now in risk of not having home court advantage. The, they lost to Maccabi, they lost to Valencia. So things are not looking great for them. Uh, but this is some, certainly something to, to look at going forward. Uh, but it's a very impressive win from Valencia. Dublevic played very good. Uh, Jared Harper as well. So it was a very good game. Honestly, I don't think it's too surprising that Fenerbahce adding new pieces and recovering some pieces that they had on the roster. They, they will always have this phase that uh, will be more shaky for them. I still think that they will be up there and be playing at a very high level when, once the, the playoffs come. They have... Uh, five games to, to get there and I think that's enough time for them to be performing as a, a top four team that I think that they are on this uh, edition of the EuroLeague. But let's move on to another top four team and uh, another great game. Real received and beated Milano 91-87. The MVP of the game was Musa with uh, 27 points, five rebounds, three assists and one steal and a great performance. And this time he was allowed to stay on the floor for 13 minutes. And uh, that's really made the difference. Tavares also had a very big game with 17 points, 8 rebounds and 2 blocks. While Napier was the best for Milan with 17 points, 2 rebounds, 8 assists and 1 steal. Milano's six games winning streak was broken on this game, but the team keeps playing at a very high level. 
it is incredible to see the impact that Napier had on this team and how he unlocked the, this team's offense. They were able to compete on both sides of the floor on this extremely competitive game, but Real, led by the big performance of Musa and Tavares, managed to secure this win. We asked for it, and uh, after failing to deliver on the, the first game of the week against Efes, they, they did it now, and they played Musa for ter- 31 minutes and 40 seconds, and uh, looking for their advantages and uh, playing the, their best players, or the players that are producing the best on any given game was the key for this Real Madrid, wasn't it, Yo? Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you just look at the scoreboard from both games, you, you have the answer, right? Exactly. Uh, when Musa didn't play as much, they lost, and then he played 30 plus minutes and they won. Like, easy met, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, it shouldn't nah, be but, that hard. <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, but Milano keeps playing very good basketball with, uh, with Napier. Uh, they are playing faster, they are shooting more, and it's working for them. Uh, but on this game, the, the opponent was just too too strong. Musa and Tavares, uh, like I've mentioned before, they are Real Madrid's two best players, and they they played on a high level this game, so they were able to get the close win. But Milano deserves a, a lot of credit for how they turned this season around. Um, we've been saying that it was too late, and it is to to make the playoffs, but they turned it around. They are playing very good basketball. They have one of the best rosters, and I, I'm really looking forward to see what Milano does the rest of the season and next year because they they've shown me that they can be a, a very good team, especially with Napier now. So I'm curious to see it. As for Real Madrid, it's a good team. It's a good win for them. Uh, but I still need to see more. Um, they keep struggling from, from the three-point line. And uh, I just don't see the, the dominance that I think it was supposed to see uh, with Real Madrid. Uh, I think they should be dominating a lot of these teams with the roster they have. And we just don't see that. It's very rare. I do have to wonder, and um, it it never is with, with this podcast at least, about we being right or, or we spotting something that uh, was obvious. But uh, I do wonder if they will turn it around and this was the start of them stepping up in the right direction. Because as we have debated, they have the options within their roster to to find a mismatch and to to dominate any matchup. So I wonder if uh, the sh- the willingness of uh, giving high minutes to to the players that are performing will be there the rest of the way, and I think that w- that can really be a key for them to to fight and to contend for this year's title of the Euroleague. I think they have the roster. They really have a good. Uh, a very good defensive anchor on the Walter Tavares and his impact on the game is is huge and they 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 need and I think it's Musa the the key here that because of his ability to create shots for himself and others he can really be a, a difference maker the, the rest of the way I still believe on the this Real Madrid chances to to win it all in the end although I don't have them as, as favorites Let's move on to, to France, where Asvel received and lost to Paratinaikus 82-86. The MVP of the game was the Dwayne Baker. On his return, he scored 13 points, 6 rebounds, three assi- had 3 assists and had 3 steals as well. Paris Lee had 14 points, 2 rebounds and 4 assists. While Yusofa Fall was the best for the home team with 13 points, 12 rebounds, 1 steal and 1 block. Paratinaikus played harder on the first half that gave them a 9-point lead at the halftime. Asvel was able 
able to step up defensively on the second half, allowing only 34 points, but Paratinaikos was able to secure this uh, four-point win. That is their second in a row, and they are giving shows of some improvements uh, within the team. Baikan was back, and he performed at a high level. What do you have to say at this revamped uh, Paratinaikos? Like you said, uh, with Bacon back, they, they showed that they are the better team here. Uh, I thought uh, when we previewed this game that they would win uh, just because they have more talent and more options, in my opinion. Yes, yes, um, you were right. I was wrong. <laughs> Let's yeah, put but, it out uh, there. I, <laughs> I think the, the most important uh, factor here was having Gudaitish back from injury because they were struggling a lot, uh, having only Papa Giannis as their only big and no backup option. So he, he stepped in and he gave them eight points and five rebounds. I think that was very important for them. Uh, and then in the end, they just had more options. It was a very close game all around. And they just showed that with more talent, they, they got it done. It was real clo- real close. Uh, like we've been saying, um, Ashville always puts up a good fight against everybody um, because they usually play good defense. They, they allowed 86 points, but they scored 82. So credit to them on that part. But yeah, they just don't have uh, as many options as the other teams. So... Good win for Panathinaikos on the road, but yeah, it is what it is. It was actually interesting. You, you spoke about Gudietis, and it is true. It's like uh, they really need him because they really need some backup in the center position. On this game, Yusuf Afal had a very good performance, and he got both centers from uh, Panathinaikos in foul trouble early in the game, but had three falls in the in the first half. But even so, Panathinaikos depth, especially wing depth, they, they were able to, to find solutions and, and perform at a very good level and and they were the superior team and they were able to, to secure this this in the road and their second one and we start hearing signs of motivation and they are building something into the future and hopefully we will see Paratinaikos fans starting to come back and that's one of the funniest arenas in the competition and we want that team to be good because they they add value to the to the EuroLeague. Let's move on into the last day of round 29 with the last two games of the round. We start in Germany, in the German derby between Bayern and Alba. Alba got uh, the win, 75-76. Law was the MVP of the game with 16 points, one rebound, four assists. Sigma had six points, seven rebounds and three assists. Shout out Tiago. <laughs> Cassius Winston was the best for the, the home team with 14 points, 3 rebounds, 8 assists and 2 steals. This was a highly competitive German derby. No team ever had a 2-digit lead throughout the game. Lowe is playing at a very high level and early on he was keeping Alba's offense alive, driving to the basket and drawing faults. He ended the, the first quarter perfect from the line, of 7 of 7. Alba made some mental mistakes late on the, the first half and they kept sending Bayern to the line and giving them some easy points that allowed them to to come back into the game. And after Alba having a nine-point lead, Bayern was able to to start getting stops and got the game down to 1.37-38 to close the, the, the first half. Alba did a better job controlling the defensive glass on the second half, allowing only four 
offensive rebounds to to Bayern after allowing eight on the first half that allowed their transition game to flourish and we know how good they are when they are able to to play in transition and to run in the end low with a drive and an assist to Wetzel put Alba ahead 75-76 there was a timeout for Bayern with one second to go but Obst missed the three points and Alba locked this win it was the, the first time ever that Alba beat Bayern in the EuroLeague. And uh, it was a very entertaining game and a very good win for Alba, wasn't it, Joe? Yeah, it was. Uh, I'm a bit shocked with that stat. Uh, I, I did not know that, honestly. Uh, the fact that it was the first time that they beat Bayern in EuroLeague. Um, but yeah, uh, speaking of the game, um, I said that uh, I think it was on Alba's last loss when Lowe only had 10 points and Jalen Smith as well, that one of them needed to be uh, scoring at a higher rate for them to, to have a chance to compete. And Lowe did that uh, on this game. Uh, he started off pretty pretty good. I think he had like 14 early on. So I, I thought he would finish with more, but still uh, 16 is much better. And he is playing very good, like you said. Uh, Bayern, usually uh, it's always that competitive team, but... They, they, I think they needed more from Lucic and uh, Valor Beb on this game. Um, I think their production was not uh, what was expected, at least from me. Um, so I think that's the reason why why they lost this game. Um, for Alba, this is a very good win, uh, even though both of these teams are, are out of the, of the race for the playoffs. But it's always a German derby, so both teams always want to win this, this type of games. But yeah... Uh, Bayern's guys just didn't step up enough. Uh, Winston played a very good game, but other than that, it was very average. So, good job by Alba securing this win. And from Bayern, we just, I mean, they were healthy on this game, uh, at least somewhat healthy because they, the guys played. Uh, but but we needed to see more. And Lucic with only seven points, that, that's not going to do it for, for Bayern. Yeah, Bayern offense was very sloppy at times and they, they really struggled to, to find offensive solutions. They are competitive, they are well prepared for games and well coached, but they don't seem to have enough for they, the, the pieces that they have, like Weiler Bayab and Lucic that are key pieces for them. They don't seem to be at 100% even if they are, they are playing. I, I absolutely agree with you. You're, that's what's missing. And I think that uh, Lowe is playing, the 30-year-old the German is playing at a, a very high level. And he really is the key to, to unlock this Alba's offense when they don't have other solutions. They are His ISO plays are what they go to. And when he's able to perform, Alba can be competitive and can be a competitive team. Let's uh, close this, this recap of round 30 in Barcelona, where the home team received and beat the Red Star 85-79. Mirotic was the MVP of the game with 21 points, 5 rebounds, 1 assist, 2 steals. Vasely with 21 points, 6 rebounds, 1 assist, 2 steals and 1 block was the second best for the home team and was crucial for the team late in the game. While Campazzo was the leader of Red Star again with 24 points, 1 rebound and 4 assists. Red Star behind another great performance from Campazzo kept fighting and coming back into the game every time that Barcelona was able to, to distance themselves. Barcelona kept came into the fourth quarter strong and with a 10-2 run they took the lead 69-59 they keep moving the ball very well on, on offense and they are able to find good shots but uh, defensively the intensity 
was wasn't there for for three quarters, and that was was what kept allowing Red Star to come back in the fourth quarter. Barcelona was able to step up defensively, and Vesely with uh, had a very big fourth quarter performance on both ends of the floor, being one of the engines of this win for Barcelona. Barcelona ended the game with twenty one assists, and they were able to shoot ten of twenty from three points. Those were two big offensive keys for for this win. The intensity we saw from Barcelona in the fourth quarter is what they need to show to be able to secure home court advantage and uh, to compete for the title of this year's Euroleague, Diogo. Yeah, the, they need to do it on a consistent basis, though. Um, on this game, the, they had their work cut out a little bit with Nedovic not playing, uh, who I think is the Red Star's best scorer. Uh, so I would expect on this game that Vildoza would step up a little bit as a scorer, having Campazzo play the point guard, but that didn't really happen. Um, but still, without Nedovic, uh, Red Star was able to, to put up a very good fight. Uh, they just didn't have enough to, to overcome Barcelona's talent. Um, having both Mirotic and Vazeli scoring 21, uh, and they had uh, they moved the ball well with 21 assists. And Joko had eight assists, so I think that was a pretty positive point in, in this game. But uh, yeah, this is a good bounce-back win for, for Barcelona after losing both games on the doubleheader. So good job to them. They, they, they obviously want that home court advantage, and the higher seed, the better. And for Red Star, uh, in my opinion, this is their goodbye to, to the playoffs with this loss. Uh, I just think they are too far behind now, and I don't see them catching up with the rest of these teams. Um, but they will keep fighting for sure. Uh, but yeah, they just don't have enough, in my opinion. Red Star trailing three wins below eight at the eighth place. And with uh, five teams to leapfrog, it makes it, I would say, possible for them to, to get into the playoffs of this edition. It will be interesting to see what happens next season. And if they are keeping this uh, roster together, there are rumors of uh, their guards potentially leaving. But uh, what has been very enjoyable, and it will be a pleasure to watch the, the rest of the way with them, it's how Campazzo influences their game on both ends of the, the court and his intensity and ability to play. He He's clearly one of the very positive second half of the season or last third of the season. Highlights of... Uh, the early human Napier really added a lot to to their to their teams. This was another European Hoops episode. Make sure to tune in Tuesday, uh, one day earlier. Again, this week we will be previewing all the action of round thirty and the game from uh, round twenty four between Fenerbahce and Milano. Subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Itos Euroleague, where we bring you any news that break about the competition. Must watch games injury reports, and our daily trades in the end of each day of the competition, bringing you all the highlights of the action. My name is Andre, and I'll be seeing you guys soon. Bye, guys. See you all next time.